I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Since 2013, Bombus has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and t-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. The following is a presentation of the Force Center podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy, this is a Force Center podcast feed. I'm Ken Napsok for another edition of the big show, the main show. The Super Star Destroyer of our fleet. Are we rebels? Are we resistance fighters? Are we First Order Empire? We're all of it, good and bad. Joined, as always, on the bridge, Joseph Scrimshaw, 
Jennifer Landa. I like this new canon you're introducing. That yeah. even though this is the super mega star destroyer, that we could be a, a rebel incursion. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Yeah, infiltrating is part of Star Wars, Jennifer. Yeah, I could be a random porg on this. <laughs> sh- <laughs> you look like the type of porg that would steal a lightsaber and try to fly away. Yes. <laughs> We're here to talk about a very important question. We're going to dive into it. Shortly on our main topic here today, should the Star Wars movies care about Star Wars canon? Well, that seems like an easy answer, but it might be complicated. More complicated than you think, and we're going to take a look at that here in a bit. But i got to remind you, today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audio book download and a 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com slash force center over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. And as always, we're going to have our official force center recommendation for an audiobook to check out in a bit. But Joseph, this is following last Jedi following quite frankly, rogue one. Oh, quite frankly, the force awakens <laughs> <laughs> and the explosion of comics and books and shows and yeah. podcasts and everything. This is a, an important question for a fan base. This is something we're taught to respect, canon. Now, growing up as a Star Wars fan, I didn't know what that word meant. That wasn't there. It was like either George likes it or George doesn't. And then the five levels of canon came along. But canon's important. Yep. I get why it's important. You get it. Jennifer gets it while we're important. But how it connects to the movies, that has become a bigger debate point, and we're going to take a look at that today on Force Center. That is right. Now, uh, you know, we're, we're kind of, we're calling this episode Should Movies Care About Canon? And I'll say, I think they do. I think, yeah. like, Ryan Johnson was, you know, careful to have Luke say Darth Sidious. Mm-hmm. He could have just said Palpatine. They care about canon. They they don't, break, like, blatantly uh, break canon, except for sometimes George did himself because he wanted to. <laughs> and back then... Star Wars was George, <laughs> so he's going to break canon. We were talking about moving forward, and I think what we're really talking about is how much the movies should respect and pull from this massive amount of canon that is being created by the books, mm-hmm. the comic books, the TV shows, and even the video games. And I think the reason we're talking about it is it's this interesting relationship where you have to have movies where just uh, Grandma Mary, who saw A New Hope once on the couch back in 85, can walk in and still basically understand what's going on in the story. But on the other side, so many of us are spending so much more time. Mm. There's so much more content with books, comics, TV shows. And there's a natural pull to say, I want to see all that stuff, mm. all those characters, all those ideas on the big screen, because it's all a part of the same thing. So to me... That's what the real tension is, is how do you make it accessible and still really pull from all of these other non-big screen worlds of creation? Yeah, the term, the term you hear a lot in a lot of different ways is inside baseball, right? Which yeah. has just become, it's not even just about baseball anymore. It's just about, you know, the three of us can get together and we can talk about, you know, Voltesis and op- Oporensis and, and uh, Kit other Fisto. Easy to say words, yeah. yeah. Um, and that means something to us, but to a lot of people it doesn't. But we still want to know, you know, that it, it matters to us. It's a weird, weird balance yeah. right mm-hmm. now. Yeah. So, Jennifer, just as a kind of a starting place, you yes. you only have time to absorb so much of this yeah. uh, other content. You do an amazing job of keeping up on the big picture. Like, I think, I know you're not a quiz person, yeah. but, like, I think you could kill some quiz questions about TV shows you've never watched because you stay up on the big <laughs> information. You know what's right. going on. You, I, I would consider you definitely 
an inside baseball person, even though you oh, don't thanks. read yeah, yeah. Uh, and watch all of this stuff because you, you don't have time. Mm-hmm. What is your big picture take on how much of this smaller screen stuff that you want on the big screen? Yeah, I think it's really, it's evolved because when I was younger and I had the time to put mm-hmm. into it, I wanted to be rewarded for my hard work. Yeah. It's this weird thing where it was like, I've been reading these books and I want to see Mara Jade. And I, you know what? It's like, that is the the old gen. The new gen is a little bit, yeah, a lot older. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and at this point, I'm like, I, I'm like, kids, don't don't leave me behind. I can't read every single comic book. And, and, and right. you know, I want to play Battlefront 2 so badly. And I wanted to learn about Janina's character more and read mm. the book. I just have not had time. But I And I don't want to ever get to a point where I'm watching the films and I'm like, I have no idea what's going on. You know what I mean? Oh, right. I don't want the story on screen to stuff to suffer because I don't know the backstory and I haven't read this novel about this character. It mm. should be where it's like supplemental material where if you want to learn more, you want to dive in more, you can. But don't worry, people who have toddlers. Yeah. You can still enjoy these, yeah. these stories. Yeah. I think that's powerful, the desire to be... Uh, Rewarded and not even like I've put in this amount of time. So for 18 hours of my life, I want at least one reference to Mar J to get <laughs> right. those 18 hours of my life back. So I, I think it is more about it just does make you feel more inside the world. And that's yeah. such a complete world. And there's no doubt that that's compelling. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also want to get into that just starting with it there. I think there are good examples and bad examples. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This has already happened. It is happening. Yeah. Uh, in some possible good examples, I think uh, a lot of times when people feel like, oh, the, the small screen stuff isn't being uh, respected. Mm-hmm. Saw Gerrera is huge. Right. They lifted an incredibly obscure character from the Clone Wars animated show and made him one of the main characters of the first standalone Star Wars movie. Right. Yeah. And, that's an, it, it, and to me, it's a, a great example because there's such a story. He's handpicked by George. He was supposed to be in the original TV show in the two, mid-2000s, yeah. the live action. So there's a lot of power to that character. But it's interesting because I had a lot of people say to me, like, I, I don't know, why was he in the movie? Huh. Like, who wow. aren't, who aren't yeah. us or, or even on the outside? Yeah, I like Star Wars. I like the laser blasts and, and all the stuff. And they're like, I... That guy was, uh, it was pointless. And I'm like, no! <laughs> he's not pointless! So... That's why I struggle. That's why. That's why I still think it's a great example. I look to that one as to why it's important to have that connection. Yeah, mm. uh, but also why it's important that other people don't find it important. Yeah, if that now, makes sense. That's interesting to me because I feel like going to the movies, Saw Gerrera's role is clear. He was an adoptive yeah. father who also abandoned Jin and was a radical, and that's such a huge part of the yeah. question of Rogue One: is how far are you willing to take it? Well, here's a guy who takes things too far, and we see mm-hmm. an example mm-hmm. of that. Uh, so to me, he's a character that works perfectly, but yeah. respects these smaller well, yeah. screen venues. Yeah, for for me, I only said I don't even make, mean it to counter the example, but it's like yeah. it's as you're. T- I'm like, yeah, because ro- that, that's one of one of my favorite characters in Star Wars now. And then I'm like, oh, but I've I've had some people, t- t- friends of mine, text me. I think who what was Forrest Whitaker? <laughs> and I want to be like, well, you need to read more books. But really cool. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah. But yeah, so it's a com- it's even the right answers are complicated. Yeah. Yes, and I think that with with Saw Guerrero, what was so great is that like 
it, you don't need to know about his arc on the Clone Wars uh, mm-hmm. to be able to appreciate him. But if you do want to learn more, you can understand how he get to this, got to this place of being so dis- disillusioned and his relationship with his sister and, mm-hmm. and all these things that fill in that backstory that when I was a kid, that was what I wanted from my Star Wars. It really dive deep and learn more about these characters that I loved so much on screen. So I think that Saw Gerrera, and Saw Gerrera for me also was like, when I heard about that, I'm like, how are they going to make this work? Take an animated character and, you know, but they did it and Forrest Whitaker is an amazing actor and he brought that character to life. Um, But yeah, he's a great example of it working. Mm -hmm. I've wrote down a couple other examples that I'm curious to see if you think they're good examples and if you guys have any other like ones that are close to your heart of like, yes, this is what I want. Please do more of this. Uh, I thought with the whole Journey to the Last Jedi book uh, and video game story, having the compass that appears in the video game where you you as a player discovered that, you actively did that, and there Mm -hmm. it is in the movie. Uh, learning about in the the Legends of Luke Skywalker, the how he does the fishing spear thing, um, in then in uh, all of the mm-hmm. Star Wars Rebels shoutouts in Rogue One mm-hmm. is, is great. Uh, I think Snap Wexley in The Force Awakens is also great because it's mm-hmm. a great connection to the aftermath trilogy. Mm-hmm. Uh, can are there other examples that are like close to your heart? One that I I really like it's subtle, but it's the in the Battlefront two. Uh, the, the DLC that when you continue the campaign, the add-on mission, it's a short little campaign, and Iden's daughters in it, and all that kind of stuff. That well, they get the they kind of get the plans for the dreadnought, yeah, from that, and it kind of connects, and that's why Poe had this crazy idea, which may have cost him more in the end. But so I like little things like that, where I'm, you know, I'm, I'm playing the game, and I'm like, ooh, I know what this leads to. Yeah, that's, that that's a good example to me too. Okay, cool. Mm. Jennifer, yeah. is there anything like? Rogue One had, I think, a lot of this. Is there anything in Rogue One in particular where you're like, ah, I feel rewarded? Hmm, I don't know about Rogue One, but actually, and I don't know if this is too big of an example, would be uh, Laura Dern as Vice Admiral Holdo. For me, reading her story in Leia, Princess of Alderaan was so, and her relationship with young Leia was so satisfying. So that when I saw them on screen reunited, Mm -hmm. it was really, it added that extra layer of specialness for me um, because I knew their history. It was not necessary to mm-hmm. read the book, um, but I thought that it was a nice, a nice little added bonus if right. you if you've read that. Yeah, yeah. All right, so let's talk about some bad examples again, just to kind of set set the scene, <laughs> or like some failures or missed opportunities. Uh, one that that popped out to me, kind of going to that deep bench, is that we we got to know Yalaren in the Clone Wars. Mm-hmm. Uh, animated series and he could have been around Rogue One that could have been an easy shout out Mm. yeah you're right Uh, because he ends up becoming he's going around with Anakin and Obi-Wan as a dutiful uh, you know uh, leader of the Republic but then he just falls in with the Empire and by the time of that era he's an ISB officer and with a white jacket and he could have just been around the background and I would have been Yalaren yeah Mm. and and obviously I mean you know technically in New Hope because that's where the whole character was based off of because he's a background character in that so I thought I kind of thought they were going to do that. Yeah, I thought that was coming. Mm. You know, so a little surprised they didn't. Yeah, um, and then obviously the Force Awakens, just uh, the the journey to whoops, uh, <laughs> no Sarko Plank. Uh, of course, Constable Zuvia will all be always be with us on uh, on toy shelves when. Toys R Us sadly closes down. Those buildings will be haunted by Constable <laughs> Zubio. He'll always be there, but he's not in the film. Uh, and, and then I think another one is a, a discussion of the lack of legacy aliens in the sequel trilogy. Right. Which, uh, I mean, that's obviously, that discussion would be there if it was just the movies, but so many of those aliens have been so thoroughly fleshed out 
Yeah. In uh, small screen stuff. And I, I gravitate to that one a lot because I hear about it a lot. I even, you see some kind of people, maybe Lucasfilm Store Group, Pablo and the team, subtly hinting that they were, uh, not the choice I would have made, but I would have put some Twi'leks in there and all that stuff. So, and, and just to see our excitement in the trailers for Solo, where we're like, Oh dear God! There, with that we—that's a Twilight. Yeah, we go excited. <laughs> that kind of stuff is silly, but it, it does matter. And then I have a—I have no problem with new aliens, but and I love Canto Bite as we've talked about in terms of just this planet that exists. But when I see all these aliens, I'm like, that is twelve thousand more planets I have to worry about studying, <laughs> <laughs> and I sometimes right. get overwhelmed. Yeah, yeah. That, that is very understandable. Are there <laughs> other examples that you guys feel like there were missed opportunities where that? character or even that idea hmm. should have been acknowledged i mean i yeah yeah uh I, i'm trying to figure out how to answer this because it goes against some of the stuff i've said like i love snoke in the last jedi and how it was handled i yeah. love that he's dead gone and we don't need to worry about it right i, mm-hmm. I love all that but the m- lack of a mention of gallius rax or stuff happening on jakku or ray sloan it's it's been awkward. What are you gonna? How's it gonna work? Right. You know what I mean? It's right. not gonna work. I've taken over the first order from Ray Sloan. You all remember her? I get it. It's 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 awkward, but <laughs> spelled R A E just for clarity. Just for clarity. Can you imagine? Uh, you know your name's Ray. I knew another Ray. I took the first order from her. What? She was not a blues singer. I know Ray Sloan sounds like a blues singer, but she was not. She was a fierce imperial leader. Oh my like, goodness. But I I. I I, I remember kind of, oh, okay, we're not getting that. And I felt like, oh, I, I want to get that. I think we're still going to get that story. But on the big screen, yeah, it would have been interesting. Okay, mm. I see that. Anything for you, Jennifer, where you've uh, felt like, why didn't they include X, Y, or Z? You know, I, I can't think of one. I, the Constable Zuvio thing is something that I feel like they've, they've learned from that. <laughs> <laughs> because it has be- taken on a life of its own, thanks to uh, Heath on Twitter, who's always photoshopping Constable uh, Zuvio mm. into everything. <laughs> um, but I think that there's, it's problematic when you have a ton of merchandise for a character and then the deleted scene, mm. it, the scenes get deleted. Um, so, but I, yeah, I can't, I cannot think of anything at the moment of a missed opportunity. I will say, I feel like we could have had more of Beaston in somewhere right. else. Uh, why not a comic? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Like, right. So for the, for reverse. you, this question goes it's the other way too. Like if it's been featured in the movie, then yes. it should have a presence in the small screen stuff too. Absolutely. A great, a great example of that is the mention of. Stardust and Krennic on Rebels and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Oh. Where yeah. it's like, oh, yeah. It makes us go, yeah, that's the thing I know about. You know, yeah. you feel right. a little bit rewarded. Yeah. I feel that way about the movie going to small screen about like the Church of the Force of like, mm. okay, well, where's some more information about that? And, right. and uh, my general answer is like, I, I assume that we'll get it eventually. But, you know, 20 years from now, I'll be angry if I've never heard anything yeah. about Church of the Force or Knights yeah. of the Ren. Knights of Ren. Knights yes. of Ren. I think the one thing that's good is I feel like the Clone Wars, and, and um, I haven't watched as much Star Wars Rebels, but I do feel like Dave Filoni has done a great job of taking these characters with ha- which had you know, small presences on screen but were very memorable to us fans and then building them and creating arcs for them. Mm. I think that that's, that's been really neat to watch. Yeah, yeah. I mean, a yeah. ton of respect uh, for, for what has been there and, you know, given the, putting Lando in there and Leia and giving Wedge a backstory and all, all those things. Uh, do you think in terms of putting the small screen stuff on the the big screen, do you think that 
what would please you as fans more is seeing more characters in the background so you can have that fun little nod mm-hmm. that doesn't make the movie hard to follow for other people. Or do you want more Saw Gerreras? Do you want more mm-hmm. uh, main characters or even big ideas? Do you want to say, hey, if we're going to introduce the world between worlds, I want to see it. Just an example of a really big idea. Mm. Do you? How do you feel? Should it be a small little thing in the background or big? I, I understand the idea, and everyone goes to the MCU. It's 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 a little different. It, 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 I get the comparison, but it's you know we look at Feige and what he's done. He, he's drawing from years and years of comic books, yeah. and they're choosing their own path and what they want to do. Uh, a lot of the time is, hey, I just wish Star Wars. You know, they said all this stuff matters. I wish they had a quote clear picture. Now we're learning that sometimes people infuse themselves. That, I, I understand that argument, but let, let's, it's still driven by the stories on screen. They're still making that happen. So you mentioned like Luke and the fishing pole, yeah. which we know is from the Legends of Luke Skywalker book on Lowell. But really, it was in The Last Jedi, and they said, oh, what, what can the story be of that fishing pole? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So now we tell it. So now... Understandably, the book comes out first, and we're like, oh, 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 it's from the book. Yeah. And so we have a tendency to think, it's all from the books. Why isn't saying a Star Wars, you know, that she'll be there maybe eventually. I hope. I'd love to see that character on screen. But a lot of times, let's not forget, they're all sitting down watching The Last Jedi as it's being developed, and then going, what can we take from that? And then they're adding new things into those stories. So then when you're like, why isn't, uh, you know, the fishing pole's friend, why isn't that in the movie? (laughs) Well, it's because... They didn't know. They don't. You know. You know. So, so that's where I think I still struggle to answer. It, where uh, do I want more background nods? Yes. So maybe they should build the books books better in a way. Not yeah. better. Not better. They're, take that. I take that back. I take that back. Um, you know what I mean? Like I, I don't know. I, you know what? I, I, help me, Obi Wan. Yeah. Help me. I'm let's struggling. Say, let, let's say this is a this is a kind of a dumb example, but it'll just help us. Let's say they they did make a rogue two that everybody makes a joke sure. about, and it is the story of how the Bothans uh, were tricked <laughs> mm-hmm. and got and got this information. Um, so it's set solidly in this era, and right. Harrison Dula can be a background character or she can be a main character mm. in Rogue Two because it's one of those. And I think this is where we really get into it. Like, that character should be at this place at this time doing right. this thing. Right. So what you're pitching now, I want go picture. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But do but you want her as a, a background character, or do you feel like if she's there, make go all the way in on Harrison Dula? Go all the way in, but I bet it would be a little weird. Yeah. yeah. I bet it would be weird if it's not Vanessa Marshall's voice, if it's not Vanessa Marshall, if it's not X, Ashley Eckstein being... You know, Ahsoka, yeah. you know, that's brought up. And I think, you know, Ash Eckstein is a, is a great voice actor and acting and voice acting are really the same thing, just different skills, but they're not seen in the same light. So I bet she'd be recast. And then are you going to be happy? You know? <laughs> <laughs> if, it, no. if it's someone else's yeah. hair and it's not Vanessa Marshall's voice, are you, are you going to be able to get over that? I don't, I don't know. But yeah, based on that, if we're looking at things, and that's where, again, again, I get it when people said they no one sat down with a, 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 a whiteboard or a corkboard and said, here, we're starting from this point, episode seven, and building everything out. Um, but I, I think to me, it's just a me personally, hashtag me personally, I think it takes away a little bit of the creativity. If they're like, if you too have to be, this person's here, check them off here, get them here. Yep. I like what they say. Story group says, we don't worry about canon until someone wants to tell that story. Yeah. 
I, that's where I'm coming down at. Compl- again, that's what I'm saying up top. Complicated answer. You yeah. think it's a yes, but it's complicated. It's yeah. so complicated. Because, and it's only going to become more complicated when we have a live action series. Because to oh me, boy. the old me would have said, well, the movies, it's a hierarchy, right? Mm-hmm. Everything should come from the movies. Books, TV yeah. shows, all the big characters should be pulled from the movies. And everything else is just, you know, like filling that world in. Part of me still believes that. But... I feel like the animated series has done a fantastic job with Star Wars Rebels and Clone Wars introducing this new lore, these new beloved characters like Hera and Ahsoka. Okay. Sabine, yeah. Sabine, what 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 mm. do we do with that? We want more of those stories, so then the natural progression would be to have them in a movie mm-hmm. or something. And then it's also with, you know, uh, the live action TV series which is going to introduce new exciting characters. Well then, do we want a movie with them? You mm-hmm, know, like, mm-hmm. oh, it, this is just so complicated. Yeah. There's no easy answer. Yeah. And it's going to, I feel like it's going to have to take away that hierarchy, which has always been, which is the movies, the saga mm. films, is the, what was it, like the A canon or B canon? I forget how Yeah, it there's used five to be. levels of canon down right. to like D and well, yeah. that, that was like Star Wars, D, Star Wars Detours. Yeah. No, Star Wars Detours, <laughs> yeah, I created right. It for that. Right, right. And, canon was yeah, the like uh, Canon F is just some crap you heard on the playground. Right. Yeah, it might be true or not. Who knows? Right. Yeah. But it also is like speaking for our times. We consume movies and content on our phones now. Yeah. And the idea, like people are not going to the movie theaters as much. So I think it is going to kind of like ba- mm. have to balance itself out in some ways. And we're going to have to get used to it. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. I think uh, I think the way I feel about it is I want to see characters or ideas logically where they should be. Mm. And I, I admit, admit that is the, opening up the dark side path of, you know, pushing your glasses up and going, well, actually, Star Wars creators, Sabine should be there. You know, you got to be careful about that. Uh, But if Jon Favreau ends up, if his live show is more set in the uh, original trilogy era, Mm -hmm. you know, I would want Vader to pop up. I would want Tarkin Mm -hmm. to pop up. If Mm -hmm. it's Mandalorian-centered, I'd want at least a guest appearance by Sabine because she should be there. Uh, And and that's, I think, where it gets dicey because everybody's should yeah, can be a yeah, little yeah. bit different. Right. Like, right. Well, yeah, no, Sabine was on Lothal. Why would she come? <laughs> right, like, right, but right, but yeah. to me, it's like, if there's a huge conflict on Mandalore, she might pop in and have an opinion or come a back. take or be somebody you can call for help. Yeah. You know, all those kind of things. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. So it's a, it's a balance. How about ideas? How about just to take the specific idea because it's so big, the world between worlds. Mm-hmm. So it could be the world between worlds itself or the idea that there are weird secrets under lots of Jedi temples that are like that. Do you want to see those on the big screen in a proper Star Wars movie? Hmm. Do you, Jen? Because I do from a certain point of view. (laughs) Yeah, I kind of do. And this is where I go back to my old self, where there is something truly special about experiencing Star Wars in the movies, on the big Mm -hmm. screen, that these big ideas, these big reveals, I feel there's like a sacredness Mm -hmm. that should be reserved for just the the films. Yep. Interesting. Right? Absolutely. And, and I have a couple, couple ways. You, you're a great question, Joseph, because you made me think of, of different things. Uh, going in Last Jedi, we knew Luke was going to train Rey, right? We figured that yeah. was happening at some point. There were some kind of lessons. Uh, and then we knew we had this temple. We saw pictures of this library. And we were all, I will fully admit, excited that maybe Luke would have a holocron that would have a vision of this. Because we saw that in Rebels a lot. And we know Rebels has done so well with going into Jedi temples. We've seen that uh, beneath the Jedi temple was like a Sith temple beneath, you know, all this stuff. Cool. Got it. Um, And then the movie was like, yeah, yeah, there's a history to it. 
but really it's about this it's a character based thing and I love that Ryan told that story and though he's aware of a lot of things he's clearly aware of the old Republic stuff he played that game um, his story wasn't bogged down by that so I'd rather I'd rather err on the side of what's right for the movie yeah um, in, in episode 9 however with Dan and Dave making a series of movies yeah if it's, uh, you know, Dr. Aphra and the hunt for the Sith or something, and then you're going beneath the Jedi temples and stuff, that's tremendously interesting to me. I just think if you start from scratch with that story and it's something different, I think it would have distracted a little bit, again, and depending on how, well you, how, how many chunks of it you put in the movie, it would have distracted from The Last Jedi. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. I think this, one of the uh, great things about Star Wars has always been that tip of the iceberg storytelling. Yeah. Like, you know, nobody was mad in 1977 when the, the Clone Wars was mentioned once and never spoken of <laughs> again. Right. Uh, and, and I do still want to be able to have that in movies where yeah. you wonder about that and then you're going to get more in a different, uh, different venue. But I also take your point of like it, it should absolutely be ingrained in the story. Yeah. So I want to talk a little bit uh, about the flip side of this. We've been talking kind of more of the pros of trying to include more stuff. Mm-hmm. But to answer the concern, which I think is legitimate, should anyone ever have to read a book to understand a movie? Are there too many conversations where somebody's like, uh, I don't understand the political world of the sequel trilogy. Mm. And I, I have literally been at multiple parties where I've been like, would you like me to go crazy <laughs> for five minutes? Because I could. Uh, or I could right. just tell you there are some books you can read. Right. Uh, and I, people have taken me up on it more than once to let me just go crazy of explaining it all. But should that be the case? Is that a valid criticism that a, a person who's like, I'm never going to read a Star Wars book. I just really like the movies. That they can't quite get the political picture of the sequel trilogy. Uh, that, that, to me, like if you look at what the movies are, it is its own art form. And it's like if I have to read something to be able to understand this particular art form, this art yeah. thing that they're creating, to me that's is not as successful. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want it. I, no, 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 no. I should be able to go <laughs> and experience it. And if, I, if there are some things where I'm like, oh, what, what is that about? I can dive deep. And if not, I can just enjoy the film. That's mm-hmm. it, you know? Mm-hmm. I think that that's very important to maintain that. Yeah. yeah. How do you feel about the big political question? Do you feel like that has been a misstep, uh, primarily in The Force Awakens, of not laying it out more clearly? I think it could have been explored a little bit more. I mean, and, yes, and that's why we got you know, great things in Bloodline, and, and which I have not read the Aftermath series mm-hmm. as well, where you can learn about that. And I'm hope, and I maybe there was some trepidation on JJ's part where he's like, I don't want to go into the politics too much <laughs> because I think it might scare audiences. Um, but yeah, so I do think I would have liked a little bit more okay. in mm-hmm. the film. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about that, Ken? I here's here's where I go. I go to a couple couple spots. Um, I Rogue One. Okay, I, I at the end of the day, really like Rogue One. I had a love for it, and then I went, eh, and then actually it was my third moon with you and, you, and and your wife and some friends of mine, Joseph, where I was like, okay, I've come to a healthy middle ground. Yeah. Uh, love a lot of it, thought it misfired. One of the reasons I thought it misfired is because then I read Catalyst by James Lucino. Mm. And that, loved it, still one of my favorite of the new canon books. Lucino's great. Uh, and I thought I went into Rogue One and had a leg up on people who hadn't read the book. And that ended up not being a good thing, I thought, because mm. I, I, a lot of people, because you can't, you can't overlook that this is a business 
And, and there's a smaller, a larger growing, but still smaller percentage of us who are like, oh, well, that's, they're on Coruscant because uh, Galen was working for him. And, da, 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 da. and immediately when Rogue One starts, I was like, here we go. They're on La Mew and this, yeah. this, <laughs> this uh, you know, rivalry, they're old college buddies. Right. There's people who are like, what? Tell, telling me, talking to me, like you said, the party the conversation yeah. where I, I, I poor Alicia Malone. After Force Awakens, <laughs> she's not a huge Star Wars fan, and she's just like, oh, I thought some of it didn't explain the world. And I was like, well, it did, because Corsella was on the balcony uh, next to <laughs> Chancellor Vilchem on uh, Hosni Prime. And she's like, yeah, but I don't need to know that. Right. Uh, yeah. I shouldn't either tell me that on screen or not. So I I do think there there needs to be it needs to be executed a little better if if I can say any critique of what's been going on with the modern era is you can't rely on just the backstory. No. I want to know why Snoke has a ring made from things underneath Mustafar uh, the Vader's castle. Yeah. I want to know, but I don't think you should have him have a monologue about it in the movie. Find yeah. that balance. It, again, I go back to it's complicated. I yeah, I think and it's complicated I think as a part of the answer because that's literally the story of these movies. These are more complicated yeah. stories than the original trilogy. Mm-hmm. Uh because the original trilogy really did just use the shorthand of it. it's called the Empire. They're yeah. evil space wizards. They murder people and our yeah. good guys are saving the galaxy and it didn't spend much I mean, there's a little bit of we get the mm-hmm. emperor wiping out, you know, the the republic and all yeah. that, uh, the senate. Um, but there's not a lot there. But these are more complicated movies. Yeah. That maybe uh, that's a thing to think about going forward as more Star Wars movies come out. Mm-hmm. Is if how, how they can craft a movie to be its own thing all by itself, like you were saying, Jennifer, but then still offering these opportunities to make hardcore fans go, ooh, I want to know about the ring. Mm-hmm. Right. I'll read the ring book. Yeah. And then we can approach people at parties and say, I know you weren't wondering about the ring, <laughs> but can I tell you about it anyway? Yeah. Like maybe that's the, the uh, happy place. And I get, look, the, the, the train has left the station in the sense of there's a lot of things in the original trilogy that you can go, okay, because of knowledge we know now and go, but why, but why? And the answer is, well, George didn't know this would still be going when he was sitting there writing on his pad of paper. He right. didn't even know you liked yeah. Boba Fett. <laughs> yeah, he didn't know that. Right. Uh, Same so, way he didn't, he didn't realize Darth Maul. Like, I love that he killed Darth Maul. And then I love that they found a way to bring him back and make it work. But I, I tell the story first. Do I, under, do I want a unified uh, outline for 789? I understand the appeal of that, but I am... I am so intrigued by what Ryan Johnson did by going, how about we go this way? Oh, okay. I love that journey. So, uh, yeah, I don't, I'm going to go drink. Yeah. <laughs> There's also a funny relationship that, that we have as fans with these movies. We are not typical moviegoers. And so, you know, that's why you have these crazy Snoke theories, because people don't just want to accept that it's just a bad guy, you know, in a right. gold robe. And it's okay to have that. You should have those theories, right? Yeah, yeah of course. Part it's of fun. That's yeah. speculate responsibly. I think Chewie right? knew who Obi-Wan was when he walked in the cantina. That's my theory. <laughs> it's a solo movie or a right. standalone Kenobi movie disproves that. It's, right. That's yeah. fine. And I think Boshek was a Jedi who knew this was a part of the fate of the galaxy. Yeah. But I think it's something as a filmmaker you also have to recognize when you introduce these things that people are going to speculate. And so, you know, mm. if you want to create a mystery box, that's okay. But, uh, but yeah, it, it, I don't know. It's, it's very complicated is yeah. what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. How would you feel, like I feel like right now, uh, to take a step back, 
Lucasfilm is still presenting it is go see the movie. And then if you want to dive deeper, here's some books and some comics and some video games. What if they went full Shadows of the Empire? Mm. Now, I know back in the day, Shadows of the Empire was everything but the movie. Yeah. But what if, again, just for argument's sake, they put out the hypothetical joke movie of Rogue Two okay. and said, here is a storytelling explosion, an experience unlike anything else. And they advertised to the general public of like, if you want this full picture, you do everything. You do the movie, you do the book, you do the video game, you do the the tie-in limited uh, series mm-hmm. television show, and it's all an event that's supposed to be one thing. Ooh. Would that ever be cool? Or is that just asking something of an audience that an audience can't and won't give I, outside of yeah. hardcore people? I'd be freaking out. I'd be buying a ticket to everything. I'd yeah. be purchasing everything. 100% guarantee. Most of the people will be like, I'm not doing that. Right. I don't have time. Right, exactly. You know? Like, how would that make you feel as a fan, uh, Jennifer? If, like, on one hand, they're advertising you to you because you're an inside baseball person. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, you're like, well, I, I can't do everything right now because I'm like a parent. You know what it would have to take? And this, this, this could be the wave of the future. Is it would have to mean that there's less stuff. Really, because to make it like an event, it, I feel mm. like it would only have to be like once every few years. Right. And then I think people would love it to get fully immersed in the world of this story from the books. And maybe, I don't know. I mean, that's, that's why we're into the Star Wars hotel is because <laughs> you're going to get to live this Star Wars right. experience. So it's like taking that storytelling and mm. making it like truly immersive. Yeah, it's just like insane it. to me to look, to think about. Of like, I know we have that right now, but to have it marketed as the book is just as important as the movie, and you should read the book before you come to the movie, and then after you see the movie, you should play the video game. I like it. That's like kind of an mm-hmm. insane experience to have to be marketed as those are all part of the same story. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, it's like you. Ha- it's like p- putting together this delicious recipe. You know, mm. you got to add this first, and then you add that, and yeah. you know, enjoy. And sometimes though, you like just uh, taking a frozen pizza out of the oven. <laughs> Sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Daily. Uh, anyway, so I, uh, another kind of a, a, a point, counterpoint. Mm-hmm. Is there a point for you guys where you start? it starts to feel too small? In a mm-hmm. specific example, like uh, mm-hmm. we, we know we're probably going to see some Imperials in Solo. Probably. Maybe mm-hmm. not. So you got lots of different options. You have, it could be Krennic, really tying in with Rogue One. They keep that film continuity. It mm-hmm. could be uh, Ray Sloan, who's super popular in the books. Or, or it could be a brand new character. What do you think is is best for the world building? Should it always be a new character? Hmm. I think it. I would lean towards what's best for the story. And if 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 Krennic showing up, and it seems like a cop out answer, but if Krennic shows up, it has something to do with the Death Star. Maybe Han is stealing some, you know, supplies and. Other other than that, give me the character that's best for the story. If it's yeah. Ray Sloan, and I, that's why I still air on that side of it. George Lucas, when he sat down to write his prequels, took his own constraints and tossed them aside. Yeah. In general, he still had a lot of that in his mind from his first drafts. But he wasn't like, oh, uh, clearly, Leia has a memory of her mother. <laughs> and that does that moment frustrate me? Yeah, but he, he, he told his story. I still go back to, I just want these creators to be able to tell the story. I don't want them to tell Lord and Miller, or now Ron Howard, you... you need to put Orson Krennic in your story. Who? Mm-hmm. He is this guy, he's this guy, and he does this. And he's got to go in my story. Okay, and then you're just, then it's just paint by numbers. Right, right. 
How do you feel about that, Jennifer? Yeah, then it becomes almost like a like a wink wink at the audience, you know? Mm-hmm. And I don't I don't want that. Or it becomes too connected where it's almost like a like a soap opera in some sense. Like these mm-hmm. same cast of characters, to me that's not as interesting. It has to be like what you're saying, Ken. Yeah. It has to fit with the story. And if it makes sense at Krennic's there, great. I, I go to right. Gold Leader, Red Leader, and Rogue One makes sense because yes. they are prominent leaders in the rebellion at the time. And right. it was it was Good fan service to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I think that I think that's such a great point about what uh, serves a character. And to go back or the story to go back to the Sagarera example, mm-hmm. um, I believe the basic idea is: Hey, we've got a character like this, and the story group was like, "We have that character, so we don't need to recreate that character." Yeah. Mm-hmm. So for me, like, I would love to see Ray Sloan on screen, but not if it's shoehorned in. If they're like trying to come, like, we want this really impressive. Uh, on the rise, hard-nosed imperial uh, officer. Right. Like, well, she exists. She's Ray Sloan, yeah. and there's no reason she can't be at this time. Then I love it. But if it is just, hey, we want to make the fans feel rewarded, right? So we're gonna they've they've uh, all paid their 18 hours, so we're gonna give them <laughs> their Ray Sloan reward. Yeah, yeah right. then it then it starts to feel cheap. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also want to talk a little bit about the book to screen challenge because uh, this happens a lot. Where Sounds I like think an Oprah challenge. <laughs> <laughs> There's rewards under all of your podcast chairs, mm-hmm. cars for everyone on Ford Center. Um, by definition, when you have a character given their own book, we got uh, Phasma, we got Thrawn. Uh, to some extent, Snap Wexley is the star of the aftermath trilogy. They're always going to feel like bigger, cooler badasses in their own story than as part of an ensemble. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like that we just need to accept that? Like when you read a Phasma book, you're not yeah. truly, fully going to see that on the screen because she doesn't have the elbow room. Yeah. Again, Phasma, sorry, Jen, if I jump in here. Uh, mm-hmm. Phasma was written by Delilah S. Dawson literally with the mission of add something to this character, right? Right. They, they kind of, she even, I think, as I'm paraphrasing, just said, like they wanted me to flush out this character a little bit more. Not just from The Force Awakens, because the documentary reminds us that uh, uh, Force Awakens wasn't even out yet when they were shooting episode eight. Yeah. Uh, I have a real-world example of this, of Phasma, uh, watching, um, watching Last Jedi again with my friend. She loves Gwendolyn Christie, is intrigued, doesn't know who Phasma is too much, other than what she's seen on screen, hasn't yeah. read any of the books. And is like, why, why did she keep her mask on. It would have been cooler if in this fight with Finn, she took her mask off and we saw Gwendolyn's beautiful face and her intense face and fight. And I said that, that would have been great. However, the character <laughs> has comes from a planet, hard to explain, kind of stuck in the past, uh, environmentally challenged planet yep. where her culture puts on masks and it's important and she doesn't take them, you don't take them off. It means something. So when Finn hits her, in the head there, and cracks, and you see her eye, it mean, means something. And then my friend immediately goes, oh, wow, that is awesome. That adds something to the character. How come they couldn't say that in the movie? Mm. And I'm like, fair point, because they wrote all that later. So yeah. I guess the argument people will say, well, then that's why it should have been flushed out beforehand, but I just don't, it, that doesn't allow for story to happen. Yeah. That doesn't allow for story to happen. And I would say the Gwendolyn Christie thing for me is that, the Phasma character looks cool with that with that armor. But part of the issue for me is that you cast Gwendolyn Christie, who is such an amazing actress and with her face, I want to see her face and right. I want to know more about that character. If you had cast an unknown actress mm-hmm. in that role, I may not have cared as much. 
So that's, I don't know, yeah. there's something weird there where like, I, you know, if, I, if you give me a really great actor in this, in, I want to see more of them. I want to sure. learn more about their story. And that might be just a specific question for JJ. <laughs> like, yeah, right. You know, exactly. Why did you not pull that mask off? Why, did, why did we not? But I, yeah. I you know. Yeah. But, Again, because she looked cool. Yeah. yeah. And I think it does, like the Phasma thing is also to me about different mediums. Not only is it Last Jedi and Force Awakens packed and there's only so many room, so much room and anything given to Phasma would be taken from someone else. Right. Uh, time-wise, but there's also like, we have a whole book to understand mm. why that mask means something to her. That's a hard, I mean, backstory is, in yeah. exposition is hard to get out in a fast-paced film like Star Wars. So like, when and how would she have the emotional vulnerability to tell someone yeah. that masks mean a lot to her? <laughs> yeah. Like, and to me, like some of those, you just have to accept it's going to be, it's, it's a different experience. Unless you want Rick Oley to be like, there's Phasma. <laughs> she doesn't like taking her mask off. I want every Star Wars video uh, movie to have a pop-up video with Rick <laughs> Oley where he can pop up and tell you whatever. Yeah, and, 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 and to even maybe more directly answer your question there, Thrawn's a great example because yeah. a lot of us, the oh, three of yeah. us, grew up in that Thrawn era. I know some people that I worked with previously who uh, did literally didn't understand when Thrawn was announced at Star Wars Celebration London, everyone freaked out. And this this particular person, I don't want to out them in case people go after him on Twitter, was like, who is that? I don't get it. And then wait, all right, I'll see in Rebels, see what you are all excited about. And then Thrawn comes out and this person's still like, not the best character. <laughs> don't, don't understand why you like it. And then read the, the, read the other book, read yeah. Zahn's modern version of Thrawn, was like, yeah, no, this, this, this guy's boring. I don't get it. I don't get it. So... We're all like, Thrawn, because right. I read that book in high school, and I know all about He likes yeah. art, and he has a bodyguard, and it, you know, so yeah. it, it's always going to be a little bit big, better in the book, or where you first found that character, or how you grew up with that character. Yeah. I don't know. For me, yeah, I, I like just accepting that they're going to be different. Like, Thrawn is, in his own book, it's, his, it's the best of Thrawn. You yeah. get to see him being smarter than everybody else, because he is the best. In Fastman, you get to see her beating everyone because she this is her story of her triumphs Mm -hmm. when they're in a whole big story they have to fail sometimes which then makes you feel like oh they're not as big a badass which i understand and sometimes it could maybe be handled more deftly but i just kind of feel like it is a different experience Mm -hmm. it's like you know if you're married to someone you have your at home experience where you get to hear all the exposition right (laughs) and then if you're at a party they're part of an ensemble yeah (laughs) (laughs) and that is perfectly healthy and normal yeah uh, they're still badasses. Uh, all right, uh, just a couple more uh, points of talking. Are you guys excited if Ryan Johnson sticks to what he's said so far in Rom Bergman, his producing mm-hmm. partner, and that new trilogy is just separate from everything, mm-hmm. so it does not ignite any of this. There's no reason for a Ray Sloan to show up. There's no reason for a Krennic to show up because it's totally separate. Are you excited for that? I am. I am excited... I'm more intrigued. I'm excited because it's new Star Wars. Yeah. <laughs> I'm intrigued because this goes to my not loving the EU as much as other people, not really caring about the Knights of the Old Republic game. I'm like, no, I like the story of the rebellion against the Empire. That's Star Wars to me. That's why I love Rogue One. I love Catalyst. I love Admiral Raddus. I love all that era. And then I love seeing it play out again with these characters. So I'm intrigued not only what Ryan and Rom and his team can come up with, but how I'm going to react to it. Because it might be the first time I look at something and go, cool, I, I'm not connected to this part of the Star Wars universe. I'm sure I'll love it. But you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's, go, it's, a, it's an interesting challenge for just 
just me. Yeah. To, to not we always, you and I always joke about uh, you know. Uh, oh, we, a new a new Star Wars movie means we are going to watch something we don't know. We don't know what that alien is. Yeah. We don't know who that who character is. Who's that in the background? What does that cane do? Yeah. yeah, now I have an entire franchise where I have nothing to go from. <laughs> it's a challenge for me, and I, and I like being challenged. Okay, cool. Jennifer? Yeah, it's exciting, but it's also scary for that very reason, because that's how I feel every time we watch a new Star Wars film where I'm like, oh, shoot, I don't know this planet, and oh, no, I'm, I, you know, what is that? Uh, who, what is their relationship, and how mm-hmm. come I didn't read that book? Um, so I, I find it exciting, and I find it liberating, too, is that they'll, if, they, if it is totally new, they can craft something totally new, and I'm sure we'll get some complaints online, of course, because that's yeah. the internet. Yeah. But I like the idea of them not, people not comparing and saying, if they were to do like the Old Republic, oh boy, mm-hmm. you know, fans are going to have a very oh, specific yeah, idea yeah. of what it should be. Hashtag yeah. not my Rebin. Right, right. <laughs> I don't want that. Yeah. Give them a clean slate. Yeah. I'm fascinated to think, like, if there is, uh, you know, so much going on that uh, maybe Ryan Johnson's trilogy isn't as supported with books and movies, because that, maybe that's happening to Dan and Dave's movies, or the live TV show, or the new animated show, or another trilogy of movies that's also happening at the same time. It's fascinating to think about what would it be like to experience in this uh, day and age Star Wars movies that are for right now just movies. Mm-hmm. So you couldn't go in your mind go to, well, uh, there'll be a book in six months oh, that tell us about that. But mm-hmm. it's just like, no, this is like original trilogy. Just if a thing gets mentioned, it's intriguing and you get to think about it, but there's not going to be an answer for a while. It'd be like mm. 1977 all over again. Yeah, <laughs> that would be, that's really intriguing to me. I, I, like I would be, not that I don't mm-hmm. want all the books and the comics, because I yeah. do. Uh, and to wrap up this conversation, then, we always want to have a fun question. So if we could get any character from comics, books, TV shows, video games on the big screen, mm-hmm. who would we, uh, we stomp our, our little Star Wars fan mm-hmm. feet in demand? And, we, and our, our wish is granted. D- there, there's a lot to, to choose from, which is a yeah. testament to the success of what this expanded new canon has done. The comics and everything. I go to the comics a lot first, but I don't know. I, Ray Sloan's intriguing to me because you've seen her show up in different books, right? New Dawn yeah. being the first. Uh, Santa Staros is interesting to me. Pair, you know, I want a, a Lando and Santa Staros adventure or something like that. That you know, tied mm. up with the younger Han. That's right. Give me more Alden. I haven't even seen the movie yet. <laughs> um, I, I go to some some of those characters. And that's a really good point. Is that the the comics, the new stuff that's being created in the comics? Yeah. The, certainly, the comics is getting stuff from the movies, but the comics mm-hmm. aren't being put on screen as much. Yeah. Yeah. Jennifer, who would you add? I would add somebody from the comics, which I have not even read her entire arc. In Shattered Empire, uh, Shara Bay, Poe Dameron's mother. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I would like to play her. No, uh, <laughs> she's a rebel pilot, mm-hmm. Battle of Endor. There could be Ewoks. Any chance I could get to <laughs> bring them back. Yeah. Um, she's a mom, and I'm sure, you know, I want to learn more about that and have mm. that struggle, uh, but raising a child and also wanting to, you know, fulfill her duty. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that'd be cool. Yeah, I would absolutely go see a movie that was called Shara Bay, colon. Oh, Dameron's mom. So everybody knew <laughs> yeah, what you were getting. Just, just so you know. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, that would be amazing. Uh, just visually, Embo. I love Embo from the Clone Wars. Yeah, yeah. A great bounty hunter. Uh, he, in, he's the same species as Constable Zuvio, and even Constable Zuvio didn't make it to the screen. So yeah. Embo and his cool hat, <laughs> I think, are coming somehow. Yeah. The big screen or the small screen. Yeah. Other characters that it really lit up for me is uh, some of the characters in Aftermath. And we got, we got Snap Wegsley, who mm. doesn't there's some disconnect to his character. Um, But his his mother, Nora, is an amazing, well-developed character. 
then Singer Rathvalis mm-hmm. uh, is a, you know a an imperial who yeah. used to, used to be brutal, used to torture people, and then uh, turned over a new leaf for to be a yeah. part of the new republic. That would be a character that I would love to see on screen. That would be cool. That's good. Also, Duchess Satine in another form. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I was thinking about, you said Embo, so I'm thinking about characters we've already seen, and Clone Wars had a lot of fun with the Bo-Katan is another example, too. And I guess Iden Versio, too. Oh, yeah. I mean, her story's kind of uh, out there already, but you can find some some way to tell it, and and I think Janine is so great to put her on, on screen in some form would work would work as well. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. So there you go. There's a some conversation about all the different ways that canon interacts. Is it all movie down to the small screen in the books in the the comics or do we want to get it a little going back and forth and in general I think we're all on the same page of whatever works best for the story is best but also Make us feel a part of the galaxy. Make it legal. Um yeah, and like I said up top it seems like a simple question, but it is complicated and layered, and there's a lot of realities, a lot of business in it, and a lot of us as fans wanting to make sure we're heard and still having fun with our experiences. So, Joseph, great, great discussion. Thanks for leading that here on Force Center. And, guys, you're our Force Center listeners, and this is just for you. Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. We are recommending... Bloodline, Joseph. That's right. So if you want to be a person at a party who can answer the question, what's the deal with the First Order? Why did Leia and Han? What happened with them? Where was Ben Solo when this? There's a lot of great stuff. It fleshes out uh, The Force Awakens and the whole sequel trilogy beautifully. Absolutely. And to download Bloodline or your free audiobook today of your choice, go to audibletrial.com slash center. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash center for your free audio book as we do each week on the main show we like to take questions from twitter facebook and definitely from our patreon supporters and we have some questions this week i'm gonna be asking them you guys will be administering or i'll be administrating the test you'll be taking the test (laughs) uh this is from facebook caleb caleb barnes caleb barnes says if you were asked to be an extra in a future star wars film what would you choose to be he would choose, uh, I, uh, he says, I, I would choose a First Order Imperial officer, though it's a tough choice. Mm-hmm. Jennifer, all mm-hmm. right, we know you want to be Shara Bay, so that <laughs> yeah. answer is out there. But if yeah. uh, just want to be a little background extra playing something, what would it be? No, I want to be a rebel pilot, and I want That's to good. be awesome, and I want <laughs> to live, so I can appear in more movies. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just be the one that shows up in three movies, like as, yeah. a, as a wingman or wingwoman. You woman, want yeah. people to be tweeting at Pablo Hidalgo going, what's that character's yes. name? Yes. Like, we'll yes. tell you when there's a reason. Exactly. Yes, in canon. I like that answer, Joseph. Uh, I would like to be either a Jedi, I've discussed being a, mm. a, a poor Jedi who falls, uh, but I would also be very happy to be a shocked bar patron who is reacting to something. <laughs> There's a horrible. lot of that. Yeah, I want to spit purple booze, a spit take with purple booze when somebody gets murdered in a bar. That'd yeah. be happy. <laughs> happy making for me. I, I'd have to uh, agree with Caleb here. You guys know I love my Imperial officers. I always thought I wanted to be like a biker scout, and that would be cool. But being an Imperial officer, well, rewatching The Last Jedi again, seeing the First Order officers on the deck, like I'd be like, like to be the one that's like, sir! Radar's picking up four bogeys. Like, I, I just, I could be doing that. <laughs> Great audition. Mike Lovins has a question and a, a very uh, statement and a question. I've been thinking about the Rebels finale. 
Do you think there's any chance that Ezra and Thrawn could have both gone to the unknown regions? I would love to see a storyline where Ezra had been training with other Force users there on the unknown regions, and a group of Jedi that sprung up from their ranks returns to the known regions, sometimes in the current timeline or slightly later. Thoughts? Thoughts? That's a that's a big one, there, yeah. Joseph. Yeah, no, I, I have thoughts. I, I really think there is a, a good possibility that uh, Purgletown, or mm-hmm. Purgletory, as some people have suggested we call it, uh, wherever Thrawn yeah. and Ezra went, that it is going to be in the unknown regions, and that was that desire, that hope was encouraged by the Last Jedi novelization having mm. discussions of all of the horrors and challenges that were faced by the First Order in these sort of wild and unknown, unknown yeah. regions. And having Ezra and Thrawn be a part of that story would be fascinating to me. Yeah, Jennifer? Yeah, this is where I'm like, okay, I should have finished Star Wars Rebels, because I don't know. Uh, But I I defer to you both, and I will say, yeah, I think that they, I'd like to see the Unknown Regions, and I think we're going to get that explored, whether it's in 9, or maybe the upcoming live-action series. Who knows? Yeah, Yeah, that's a good good point. That's a good possibility to tell a little bit more of the tale of the Unknown Regions. Yeah, well, and let's forget in the new in the sequel trilogy, we've gone to the unknown regions twice: Starkiller Base and Octo. Right, are technically uh, there now. Yeah. they're like Beverly Hills adjacent. <laughs> right, they're they're probably not too far out of it. But uh, to go there, the spirit of the question is properly go out there and spend some time. What you mentioned, Snoke's t- the reason Snoke is so valuable. Yeah, you know, it's kind of saved the first order. I have a theory. I uh, I'll say this. I think maybe Ezra and Thrawn. I think number one, they are out there. And two, I think maybe they end up teaming up. Yeah, I think what? it's a buddy cop. Not, not maybe not as funny, but it, yeah, uh, one of those. Thrawn convinces, like, hey, look, all I've been trying to do is save my people from these threats, and yeah. there's going to be a noble Jedi. Yeah, I think that's great. I think uh, Mike, this is a great question because I think it also uh, uh, raises a really interesting question of Ezra's kind of uh, past his trials from mm-hmm. a, a certain point of view. Right, full Jedi. Does he start training people? Mm. It's a great, great question. And I, and I like his idea. I like what Mike's saying here about, hey, maybe some of them go back. You know, yeah. at some point, you know, that raises a question because it seems as though the Jedi were definitely dormant from from Return of the Jedi to the Last Jedi now, at least beginning or the end of Force Awakens. I get that picture. Yeah. But there's always that little straggler. I'm, yeah. I've always been OK with that, that there's some Order 66 survivors. We know there are, you know, I like all that kind of stuff. Um, but uh, I, I, I love more, though, the idea of just Ezra not not needing to worry about that. that. That's not his purpose. Yeah. Is is even being a Jedi. Yeah. All right. Thank you, Mike. That is uh, from Facebook as well. On to Patreon. We always like to take two questions from our Patreon supporters. And Brett James says, assuming a Luke appears in Nine, what expectations do you have for Luke? Both Yoda's and Kenobi's Force Ghost becomes more materialized from film to film, and Yoda interacts with his physical surroundings in The Last Jedi. I wouldn't be shocked, says Brett, if Luke can go beyond that and completely return to his physical, corporeal form thoughts. Hmm. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. so, so what do you think? Oh, I think so many things. So uh, many I, things. I was laughing at uh, my attempt to contain myself. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Take I, it away. Oh, yeah. I, I, there have been theories floating around like, well, maybe Yoda is extra powerful as a Force ghost, or maybe that's a little bit of uh, he's accessing something on Octu because it's a strong Force planet and mm-hmm, all that. Mm-hmm. But it did, I liked how much it opened the door with they can interact with the environment. And it seems like Luke would be powerful enough to. But there's a part of me that feels like his story in The Last Jedi was, I don't want to make some of these choices that lead to violence anymore. 
I want to only help in a in a uh, saving what I love, not attacking what I hate kind of way. Mm. So a part of me thinks as much as I would love to explore all the cool, what can Luke do as a Force ghost, that it's almost resetting some of the questions of The Last Jedi. Mm. Mm-hmm. And a part of me really wants to see the lesson that Luke truly learned is to be there for Rey. Mm-hmm. So that he is, to see him in Nine with being there as a Force ghost for counsel. Mm-hmm. To say, Ray, I trust you to make your choice, but if you want my thoughts and experiences, here they are. Let me pop in with a word of wisdom the way Yoda did. Yeah. And Ray, you make your decision. Ray, you are the Jedi. You go forward and you do whatever needs to physically be done in the physical world. Yeah. Right. I, yeah, I like that idea, uh, Jennifer. Yeah, maybe that's when he'll offer the last lesson. <laughs> <laughs> third <laughs> lesson. Let's finish our, our third lesson. Uh, but I, I do... I feel like having a force ghost would be predictable, uh, mm-hmm. but having him actually appear more of a physical uh, self mm-hmm. would be something very new. Mm. I would like it, but I see your point, Joseph. Yeah. About it. it would have to be to serve Ray and mm-hmm. offer her counsel. Yeah, I really want uh, Luke Skywalker to appear in yeah. this movie yeah. one way or another. Please. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I would put some money on it happening. Uh, there's some real world reasons we might want a familiar face around all that kind of stuff too. But I, I, I like what you're saying, Joseph, in the sense of like let's let's keep it in the same ballpark. Um, but I am also intrigued, Jennifer, by the idea of of uh, fights, uh, otherworldly fights. Yeah, uh, does the spirit of Snoke go somewhere? I don't, you know, the Sith and dark side users don't typically move on uh, from what we know. They, you know, uh, Vader's redeemed. Is there some kind of interaction? I mean, there might be some time between the movies, but does he interact with Anakin in any way? Like, is, yeah. is there things that can happen? Uh, can you do something? Because I, I do agree with what you said, Jennifer. It is predictable with the idea of him being a Force ghost, but that's okay. That's, it's okay, yeah. It's a comfort, you know? Right. We saw Obi-Wan do it. We saw Yoda do it. So Anakin do it. It would make sense. So yeah. Qui-Gon do it, technically. Um, it, it would make sense. But I, I don't want it to... I don't want him to suddenly also be there at the end with a ghost lightsaber. Yeah. You know, let's give that power to Ray. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Final one. Brian Sifferni. Sifferni? Sifferni. How do you say I, it? I would go Sifferni, but Sifferni? I would probably be wrong. Sifferni. So. Now, we're so historically bad here at Force Center. But Brian Sifferni. Sifferni. Sifidius. Jennifer usually gets it right. Do you want to take a swing? Yeah, I would say Sifferni. All right. Sifferni. Hey, Brian. He's got a question. <laughs> Get a Joseph. Uh, always talk about the Mortis arc from Clone Wars, which is great. What are your thoughts on Boba Fett and his cruise arc from season two and uh, on? Uh, this is uh, one of the more overlooked aspects of the Clone Wars show that really worked for me. Thanks, guys and gals. May the force be with you. Always. So, uh, you know, Jennifer, you like Mortis, too. Yeah, I did. Let's give you some credit there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, wait yeah. a minute. Uh, no, yes. I I liked Boba Fett's arc. Mm-hmm. Um, I've never been, like, a huge Boba Fett fan, but I thought, yeah. to me, it. I liked seeing him uh, as, a, as a young boy and then kind of growing up a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. So, and I think that that's what the Clone Wars and, like I said, Star Wars Rebels did so well, was taking these characters like Ara Singh and Boba Fett and really, like, Ex- giving them life and expanding these characters to make them more than just some some cool looking you know actors in cool costumes. Yeah, and so yeah, I liked it. Mm. I don't really have anything. Mm. Mm. 
I, I I'll let you close on this one, Joseph. I think it might be more closer to your heart, right? Um, I, I really I I liked it because it gave Boba Fett a mother figure or a sing mm, in a way, right. and it, and I you know I'm intrigued by the bounty hunters in Star Wars. It's definitely a part of Star Wars. Sometimes I, I miss that we don't have had had the time yet in the in the sequel trilogy to really spend some time with some bounty hunters. I think we, who knows we might. Um, the the slicers and the code breakers of the world were another aspect of that that I that I did like. That's part of what's going on. But I I did like it, and and I and I agree. It's it's somewhat overlooked, but often I hear it cited as one of the best examples of a full, complete arc in, in uh, Clone Wars. But you, Joseph, I know, you like them bounty hunters. Oh, yeah, yeah. My heart is a-pounding on this one, because I agree with uh, Brian quite a bit. I feel like Boba Fett's story is one of the elements of Clone Wars that didn't quite get resolved and mm-hmm. didn't get picked up and rescued by rebels. And I think hmm. there's a lot of juicy storytelling of exactly when did he start out on his own? Mm-hmm. Is that Django's armor repainted or mm. did father like or son like father go and steal armor from Mandalorians? And right. If, if Favreau is going to Mandalore, if uh, Dan and Dave are doing Mandalore, like that Boba Fett is a part of that story. And yeah. uh, I hope we're going to get in solo, but we haven't been spending enough time uh, with the bounty hunters in the scum of the galaxy. And Boba Fett is the original scumbag yeah. of the galaxy, <laughs> bounty hunter wise. So uh, I would love to see more of that story completed. Absolutely. I would too. I'm not a huge Boba Fett guy, but there's a lot there. And you can't deny he's an important and favored character for a lot of people. Out. Thanks, Brian, Brett, Mike, Callum. Great questions. You guys have questions for us. There's places you can ask those questions, like on Twitter at Force Center Pod. Use the hashtag Forcer. Our Facebook page is Force Center Podcast. You can support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash Force Center. Our merch is available at tpublic.com slash user slash Force Center. New stuff is on the way. Our website is forcecenterpod.podomatic.net. We are available on Podomatic, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn. And, you know, we can't overlook those iTunes and Apple Apple Podcast numbers, Joseph, they're important. No, they're so very important, uh, and you guys have been great at giving us reviews. We would love to keep the reviews coming. Uh, we still got a databank brawl episode with major characters that we like to offer that as a, as a prize when we uh, get to a certain amount of reviews, so we've got that coming. Please do keep those uh, Apple iTunes podcast reviews flowing in. Absolutely. Guys, we're wrapping up for the day, but you... Uh, you come on back next week. Come on back for our other shows. You come on back for databank brawl and Star Wars counseling. Just want to tell everyone, Ken is sober right now. I'm sober. This is not. That's come not a back. whiskey and oh, no. southern accent. No, not that's not. just the spirit of Ken's heart. Every time I have some Jack and, and Coke, that's what happens. Yeah, you come on back. Yeah, y'all here. All right, come on back to our cantina. We have a lot of fun. We got a. We have a lot of things going on, like uh, you, Jennifer. <laughs> yes, I won't talk like this now. Okay. Um, <laughs> you can find me on all the social media sites at Jennifer Landa. Be sure to check out Happy Beeps um, <laughs> every other Friday, and I'm drinking water. Thank you. Well, this is Grimshaw. Tell well, your tale, Joseph. Hey, you know, the old social media, that's where I hang my hat. Yep, yep, good old Twitter. I like to say positive things, sometimes get yelled at by people, but then I mute and I block them. You want to be part of that? Hopefully the positive side of that. <laughs> you can find me as at Joseph Scrimshaw on Twitter and Instagram. Oh, that sounds mighty fine. Yep. And then I got a website, josephscrimshaw.com. Find out about live shows. Live shows in Los Angeles. Los, Yeehaw! Los Angeles, California. <laughs> yep, Los Angeles, California, March 30th. 
Game Night Variety Show. Oh, yeah. Anyway, I got to go rest my dogs. <laughs> I'm going to saddle up the horses and going out to your comedy show on March 30th. Have a lot of fun doing that. You can follow me at Ken Napsuck. I play the video games on Twitch. Have a lot of fun doing that. I can talk pro wrestling there, too. You can follow me a lot of places. All right. Have a good time now. All right. For all the cowboys and cowgirls out there in the Force Center Galaxy, we'll see you next time here on Force Center. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.